I praise the Lord today. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of Colossians chapter 1. I'm sure we've all heard it said, look on the bright side. Just a cliche statement. You know, perhaps something has happened and yet no one was hurt. One definition, if you look on the bright side, you try to be cheerful about a bad situation by thinking of some advantages that could result from it or thinking that it is not as bad as it could have been. We know the meaning and nature of this statement, but I would suggest today that for the Christian, the bright side is a place of belonging. Even when life meets difficulty, struggle, pain, suffering, trial, and testing, we know that our God is for us. We know that He is working mightily on our behalf. And we know that He is working His purpose and perfect will. We must rest in this. We must take heart. No matter the conditions of life, favorable or less favorable, the bright side is our place in this world. Outside of Christ, the world is dark. This place of belonging. And the Bible puts out the call, the message of hope and salvation through Jesus, in Jesus. Salvation in no other name. That we might come out of darkness and be translated into light. That we might then exist in the world and be not of the world, having crossed the borderline to the bright side. Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. The world must know its darkness, its state, And yet so many do not. Eyes blinded. Darkness, all they know, all they have eyes for. They would call the darkness light, and we know that the Word of God speaks to this. What is needed is an awakening. We read a scripture like Isaiah 9, verse 2, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. 
The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. There is a desperate need for illumination. That light dawns. That light break out. That light shine in the darkness. A world in confusion. Souls blind to their need. Lost with no suspicion. It's a Savior that they need. Time bleeding out. And when this hourglass surrenders its last grain, it will not be turned over. John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. What is your place of belonging today? Do we belong to the bright side? John 12, 46, I have come as light into the world, and whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. You know, the reality is there is no bright side outside of Jesus Christ. Acts 26, 18, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified, set apart by faith in me. Can we hear the call to come to the bright side? The book of Isaiah Chapter 60, verses 1 to 3, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. That's God's people beautiful. You know, life's different when you belong to the bright side and when you live on the bright side. We're talking about perspective, perception, position, principle. How's life different? Well, we're delivered, we're forgiven, we're translated, we're chosen, we're partakers of an inheritance, possessors of eternal hope, eyes on Jesus, eyes fixed on heaven, our God sovereign over all. All things are working together. Life's different. Well, let's take in some scripture concerning the believer today. Proverbs 17, verse 22, a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Cheerful disposition, the disposition of those that belong to the bright side. Surely those on the bright side are of a merry heart and have a merry heart. This quality of heart 
medicine to both them and others. It speaks of a curative balm. You know, doom and gloom leave you bone-tired. Perspective, perception, position, principle, understanding, outlook, vision. First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always. That's the word to the believer. You know, we'd like to define that always. According to self. The Bible says rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I don't know. It sure sounds like the bright side to me. And this, the will of God for us. How can we not always rejoice? Be always rejoicing in everything, giving thanks. You know, recently I was blessed by an interview. A young quarterback for a highly ranked college football team. The season flowing, sensational career, entering into games players dream of playing in. He suffered an injury that took him out. And he was asked, how are you feeling? His reply, I feel amazing. The good Lord woke me up this morning, so I have a smile on my face. What a testimony to a lost world, to a lost interviewer. And he went on and said, I'm blessed, all glory to God, giving praise to God. Without God, we're nothing. National television. Yeah, but this is the championship game. You're no longer in it, to which he replied, I'm excited for my team. I wish I could be out there. I wish I could be out there with the guys, but God has a different plan for me bright side. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, building up, that it may impart grace to the hearers. That's quite the scripture. The utterance of one whose belonging is the bright side. Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. The meditation of one that belongs to the bright side. Revelation 12, verses 10 and 11, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, 
Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before God day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Those that belong to the bright side know how to overcome. Praise the Lord. No matter the state of life, even when the believer finds themselves in trouble or facing trouble, life's different. It should be. Life's divine. And our living on the bright side, belonging to the bright side, quote, unquote, looking on the bright side is not mere human. May I suggest the scripture? 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. The Voice Bible reads, the path we walk is charted by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. And I love how the message paraphrase reads, that's why we live with such good cheer. You won't see us drooping our heads or dragging our feet. Cramped conditions here don't get us down. They only remind us of the spacious living conditions ahead. It's what we trust in but don't yet see that keeps us going. Do you suppose a few ruts in the road or rocks in the path are going to stop us? My friends, let me remind us today, this is no cakewalk, it's a faith walk. This is the life we now live. We're going to face things in this life. We're going to know the valley. We're going to know the mountaintop. We're going to know the terrain in between. The question is, do we belong to the bright side? I share these words today. David learned to look at the bright side. What is the bright side of trouble? What is the bright side of your trouble, dear friend? Well, I don't know what you would call the bright side, but David considered the bright side of his trouble to be the black side. And I think every man who walks by faith knows that so. If you read the text, you will see it at once. It may be that the Lord will look on my affliction and will repay me for the good, repay me with good for his cursing this day. Much as if he said, though my affliction is so very bitter, God will pity me. So the black side is the bright one. This man has cursed me. That will move God to come to my side and defend me. So the black side is the bright one again. There is a sailor, and the tide has ebbed out altogether. Now, he says, is the turning. Those that watch at night are glad when it comes to the darkest, because they know it certainly cannot be darker. And they know that daylight is coming soon. The darkest part of the night is that which precedes the day. We have an old saying about the weather. 
As the day lengthens, the cold strengthens. And so it does, but soon it will come to an end. The cold will soon yield. Be thankful when you've got into midwinter because you cannot go any deeper. And all the Edmontonians said, Amen. Let us be glad of that. Now if our blackest parts of sorrow, if in them there is brightness, there must be brightness elsewhere. And indeed, if we were half as inquisitive to find out that which will cheer us as to discover that of which we may complain, we should soon have reasons of gratitude in the lowest and worst condition. We rummage our affairs to find out something to distress ourselves about. Ambitious to multiply our sorrows, diligent to increase our distresses as though our woes were wealth and our sorrows were worth hoarding up. But if we turn that curiosity and inquisitiveness of ours into another channel, we would begin to find that there are diamonds in dark mines, pearls in rough oyster shells, rainbows that deck the brow of the storm, and blessings that come to us in the garb of curses. We should soon have cause for joy. I suggest to our friends, therefore, the blessed habit of trying to find the silver lining of the dark cloud, to look away from the black surface into the bright gleam so that they may have reason to rejoice in the most high. Such truth here. This is to be the state of the believer, the place of belonging, a life, all of life, governed by a spirit of faith. The outlook of faith and the inlook of faith. My friends, I remind us today that he always leads in triumph. Further words, David was a glorious man. If instead of having expectation from God, he had only confidence in fellow men and had gone about always repining and mourning and finding out the dark side of everything, well, he would have been a very small psalmist. In fact, I don't think he could have written a psalm at all, except a poor one. He would have been a poor king, a mere pygmy. It would never have shone out as a saint. Now, if you, dear brother and sister, want to shine before God and be among the illustrious elect who the Lord makes as stars in the church's history, pray for patience towards men and patience towards God. Pray for bright eyes to find out the light even in the darkness. Pray to always lean wholly upon God and keep yourself upon Him. You will glorify God in that way. And you will be the means of bringing others to God. Distrustful preachers do not win souls. Moaning and repining Sunday school teachers will not bring children to Christ. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The patience which makes us possess our souls gives us the fullness of the blessing of the Lord. May the Lord teach us in that school. We are very foolish. The Lord strengthen us in his grace. We are very weak. And may all of us on earth live quietly and happily the risen life which our Savior did. In the place of belonging, 
school bell rings. Class is in session, and the Lord is teaching us. Even in this glory to glory, strength to strength, lives becoming brighter and brighter. I wonder today if we need an awakening. If there be an area or areas that need an awakening, that need the dawning of light, Isaiah 9, 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You know, one thing's for sure. If we would get in the Word more, the path would be brighter. The way around us and right before us, there ahead of us, for His Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Think about it today. Why this repining and mourning and finding out the dark side of everything? Is that the call and the mandate concerning the believer? I love this. But every point of view is a point of blindness. It incapacitates us for every other point of view. From a certain point of view, the room in which I write has no door. I turn around, now I see the door, but the room has no window. I look up. From this point of view, the room has no floor. I look down. It has no ceiling. By avoiding particular points of view, we are able to have an intuition of the whole. Bright side. Belonging to the bright side? Well, you know, the Bible even calls us light. That we might shine and bring light and give light. Matthew 5, 14 to 16, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The Voice Bible, you are like that illuminating light. Let your light shine everywhere you go that you may illumine creation so men and women everywhere may see your good actions, may see creation at its fullest, may see your devotion to me and may turn and praise your Father in heaven because of it. You know, I ask today, how do we fulfill this and claim the bright side as our place of belonging if it's always gloom and doom and misery and wallowing and complaining and chiding. This little light of mine, don't hide it under such hellish shrubbery. The world has enough of this. The world has enough of gloom and doom and misery and wallowing and complaining and chiding and finding out 
what's wrong with everything and the problems and exalting those. We're to be those that are of the bright side, belong to the bright side. We're to be the light. Again, we're talking about that which is divine. Colossians 1, our text, 13 and 14. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. J.B. Phillips, New Testament. As you live this new life, we pray that you will be strengthened from God's boundless resources so that you will find yourselves able to pass through any experience and endure it with courage. You will even be able to thank God in the midst of pain and distress because you are privileged to share the lot of those who are living in the light. For we must never forget that he has rescued us from the power of darkness and reestablished us in the kingdom of his beloved Son, that is, in the kingdom of light. For it is by his Son alone that we have been redeemed and have had our sins forgiven, translated, established in the kingdom of light. We know our foolishness. We know our weakness. How that flesh that is at war with the Spirit tries to have its way with the bright side and on the bright side. This would all be so much easier if the flesh wouldn't have been translated and established in the kingdom of light. But it's here. It's here with us. This too, it's a place of belonging. A reminder today, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We know the foolishness and weakness of the flesh, and yet we know its devastating power. We should pray. Pray for patience towards men and patience towards God. Pray for bright eyes to find out the light even in the darkness. Pray to always lean wholly upon God and keep self upon Him. Pray for that patience which makes us possess our souls and gives us the fullness of the blessing of the Lord. Pray that the Lord would teach us and that He would strengthen us. And may all of us, may all of us on earth live quietly and happily the risen life which our Savior did. If we haven't been, today is the day to be delivered from the power of darkness, translated into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption 
through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Today is the day of salvation. Don't push it off. Knocks on your heart now. Time is bleeding out. We all claim to have a lot of time on our hands. We simply don't know. Life is so fragile. It's incredible how quick it can be stripped from us. Even the healthiest of the healthy, the strongest of the strong, the richest of the rich, the wisest of the wise outside of Christ, fools. Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. To us, it's the power of God. Time is bleeding out. It's running out. In terms of human history, the grains keep falling to the bottom of the hourglass. Concerning our lives, I get older every year. Sometimes I wish I was born on a leap year. More favorable age. But the frame would still be the same. Time's bleeding out. And when the hourglass surrenders its last grain, it will not be turned over. Is there any darkness in us, upon us, that flesh? Lord, we crucify the flesh. We want all part light and no part dark. How's the eye? Perspective. Perception, position and principle, Luke eleven, thirty-three to 36. No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand. That those who come in may see the light. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed. The light which is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light. As when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. The eye, metaphorically speaking, the eyes of the mind, the faculty of knowing, it talks and speaks of vision. 
Stay on the bright side. The bright side of vision. Don't perish. We can have the worship team return today. As the people of God, our position, our belonging, and our way in our belonging affects not only us, but it affects others. A father or a mother in a home that is always disparaging and chiding and talking about all the distresses and glorifying all the wrong, rather than speaking of that which is proper utterance, releasing proper utterance concerning those that live and exist and have their place on the bright side. You don't think it affects children? A spouse, with this rogue way, this rogue utterance, you don't think it affects your home? It surely affects your spouse. A believer that enters the house and every time they're in a conversation with somebody else, it's always doom and gloom and negative and chiding. You don't think it affects the body? Listen, let's not be those that corrupt good character. The Bible says bad company corrupts good character, and even in this, we must take heed that we're not bad. Bad company. People of God, we belong to the bright side. You know, some are so easily dislodged from the bright side. And some hold even in hell. A man pastored Richard Wormbrand, a man in prison for Christ. I'm going to share his words today. I quote, It was strictly forbidden to preach to others in prison. It was understood that whoever was caught doing this received a severe beating. A number of us decided to pay the price for the privilege of preaching. So we accepted there the communist terms. It was a deal. We preached and they beat us. We were happy preaching. They were happy beating us. So everyone was happy. Now that's a soldier. That's a man of God. That's no wuss. That's strength. That's vision. That's purpose. That's perspective. That's belonging to the bright side. That's being the light. Many would crack it much less. Fold. This man went through the unthinkable. There was a time, and you can read about it, when for three years he was in solitary confinement in a cell 30 feet below ground in Bucharest. Face to face with his own soul in conditions of extreme stress, made worse by beatings, doping, and torture, he preached himself a sermon every night in order to retain some semblance of spiritual sanity. That's a soldier. That's a man of God. That's a Christian. I've read other sayings of his, and how beautiful and how pure they are. He said, communist solitary confinement with the remembrance of past sins is a corner of hell. There were times when I looked at the cup of water which I had in my cell to convince myself that I was not in hell. I knew that in hell there was no water. 
But even in moments of utter doubt and despair, we are not left to ourselves entirely. The one who promised, I am with you always, literally translated every day, the whole day, has proved to be faithful. So we were able to overcome. Dear God, at another time he uttered these words, there's always a good reason to rejoice. There is a God in heaven and in the heart. I had a piece of bread this morning. It was so good. Look now, the sun is shining, and so many here love me. Every day you do not rejoice is a day lost, my son. Rejoice always. We know the reality of suffering in our world. This dislodging so many from the bright side. All the reports, all the talk, the meditating. We understand. We know the reality of the suffering in this world. What might this man say? He said, even the best of Christians are troubled by the question, why does an almighty God send or at least allow suffering? When you are nagged by thoughts like this, say to yourself, I am still in elementary school. When I graduate from the University of Christian Life, I will understand his ways better and doubts will cease. I must go back to his words for a moment today. I must go back to his words and warn the lost that there is no water in hell. Come now and drink freely. For Jesus says to you today, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Drink now. Now is the day of salvation. And for those of us that have partaken of this water and this step you have not yet taken, I'd like to remind us in the house today that as it has been announced, water baptism is next Sunday morning. The Bible says, repent, be baptized, every one of you. In the name of the Lord Jesus for the remission of sins, it says that it's fitting for all to fulfill righteousness. Jesus Christ himself, God in flesh among us, surrendered to the waters of baptism. Repent, be baptized, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Sign up today in the foyer. Head over to the baptismal class. Take this step of faith. And we'll join, and we'll be anticipating your public confession of faith, and we're going to rejoice with you and applaud the moment and thank God for his goodness. Let's stand in the house today. The altar's open. If you need to surrender your life to Jesus, today is the day. Don't walk out of here again without doing it. Lord, we give you everything. We need you. Come on, let the word 
work today. Let the Holy Spirit work in you today. Lord, I need to belong to the bright side. Lord, change my confession. Change my meditation. My utterance needs to change how quickly I'm dislodged from the bright side, Lord. I need to stand strong as one who belongs.